What Do You Think? The podcast where we chat about the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with friends, family, and loved ones. We laugh. This is the labor where they wash up. Then we wash, wash up. I'm from Missouri, so y'all leave me alone. She's from Missouri. She really means wash. I'm learning more and more how little I know. <laughs> they Noah entered the ark. And they knew <laughs> I can't do this. Impressions. Hello. <laughs> I love the tomatoes. <laughs> Hi, this is Chang's Chinese restaurant. We get a little silly. Jericho, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. I feel I have a hard time with condom, condiment, con. <laughs> Not condiments. She loves ketchup and mayonnaise. So in genius. Geniuses. That's our southern accent coming in there, folks. I'm just a little black. Serious. My spirit, Bubba, what if I give you what you deserve? And a lot grateful. When you feel that, you know, where is God? Well, well that's him. That's him showing his love. Yes, he's got he's got all these people loving on you. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. And like, As we ask and answer questions about the Bible, faith, God, and everything in between. Welcome to So What Do You Think? Take a load off, get comfy, and stay a while. Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name's Missy and I have my brother Robert with me. Hey Robert. Hey everyone. How are y'all doing? Hey Missy. Hey Missy. It's so good to see you. Wow. Is that your well sound or? Yes. You don't really know what it is. I don't. So we're going to talk about talking about talking about it. We're going to talk about his image, our image. Yes. Now we got into this with Patricia Shower. It was so good. I just let her do the talking, and you had talked about this earlier on in our podcast, also, and you wanted to touch on it again. But before we do that, you wanted to answer some questions. Well, yeah, because the last time we were uh, together was we had a couple of things that we actually had a bunch of questions that we answered. And in the midst of all that question answering, mm-hmm. we missed uh, something that was asked, and it was about some of the disciples. And I believe yeah. Kim asked the question, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, having to do with the 12. And we answered that part of it, but I don't think we bit went back because we were supposed to circle back around. Oh, to, who does that sound like? Yeah, exactly. So we'll go back around. <laughs> That's to, the uh, press to, house secretary. To uh, to the two names, Mark and Luke. Yeah. Uh, because her question had to do with why are they not on the list of disciples? So why are they not on the list of disciples? I, I asked you a question. I think they're apostles. Cause, uh, yeah. That's true. Very true. Not because I knew this, but because one you you or mom told me. Well, yeah, and um, Kim's question had to do with the fact that they wrote uh, four of the uh, they, they were you know two of the four uh, mm-hmm. gospels that were written. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and yeah. two of those are Mark and Luke. Uh, and so, why were they not on the list of the twelve? And quite frankly, it's because well, they weren't there. Uh, anyway, so he's in the book of Mark is in the book of Acts, and he goes with Paul and Barnabas on some of their, uh, uh, you know, some of their tours around uh, Asia and all that. And in the midst of that, there's a bit of, bit of a conflict because Mark wants to go back home, and 
Paul gets really mad at him. I think Mark's one of his parents were sick or a brother or sister or something like that. And Paul gets mad at him and basically says, no, if you, don't, you can't go with us, then, you know, don't come back. And Barnabas and Paul split over this issue. Well, when you read that in Acts, you're actually reading about the Mark that wrote the book of Mark. Mm-hmm. That's the same guy. Oh, okay. And I think his name is actually John Mark. I don't think it's, he, he's, he's somehow related to Barnabas. Now, I want to say cousin, but I don't know for sure. So Mark actually got his, um, his words that are in Scripture from Peter. And his name is actually John Mark. I, I looked it up, and he, is, he was a Levite. So when you look at Mark's, uh, Mark's writing, you're looking at somebody who's writing from a Jewish perspective. So was Matthew, of course. But, um, so that's basically the story of why Mark was not there at the time. He came along later after Christ died and rose again. Uh, and he, he got involved with Paul and, uh, and Barnabas as uh, you know, going with them around and preaching the gospel. So he was, okay. he was later on. That's why he's not one of the 12. Luke basically is the exact same answer, except for different. It's completely okay. different. He's a completely different guy. His name's Luke. But we all know him. <laughs> we all know him because anytime you read any of Paul's writing, a lot of the times you'll, you'll see that Luke has written that. So Luke mm. was a doctor and Luke was a scribe. So he, mm-hmm. went, to, he went everywhere with, with Paul and he wrote down what Paul did. And later on, he also did the same thing. He, he wrote down the, the time of Jesus' life, and this was a way of, uh, of you know, basically transcribing it. Here's a big difference. Luke was a Gentile, so Luke was not a Jew. So when he told this, basically what really looks like the same story as Matthew and Mark, he was telling it and then telling it from a, a, a Gentile perspective. He was, mm-hmm. saying, he was saying that, yes, this happened, and the chosen one came through the Jews, but look. We as Gentiles also benefit for it. Yeah, that goes along with the question I want to ask. Let me go ahead and ask since it. it fits in. Do it. So I was watching one of the shows I like to watch. Um, it's Her name's Jan Markle. And they were talking about they had Amir Serfati on, who is a um, Jewish Messianic Jew Messianic who pre- preaches the gospel. Mm-hmm. And um, they were talking about how a lot of the preachers and teachers, not a lot, there are some preachers and teachers who are against Jewish people in Israel. And um, he was talking about how, you know, God favors Israel and the Jewish people. And if you are reading the Bible and you look into this, you think, as at one point I asked mom, are we this redheaded stepchildren? Because it seems like God favors Jewish people. And I know that's not true, that the Gentiles are just as loved as Jewish people are, you know. Um, and my question goes along with that. Just because a Jewish person is by their heritage a Jewish person right. doesn't mean they've accepted Christ and are going to heaven. Correct. Am I correct? Yes, 100%. Okay. So at, they have mm-hmm. to accept Christ also. Yeah, and it's, um, it's from the perspective of, for the Jew, it's a perfect perspective of uh, accepting the fact that the Savior has come. Yeah. Well, most, of the, no. most of the teaching that we see in the New Testament is told from a Jewish perspective. The book yeah. of Hebrews is written specifically to say, hey, you know, you know your history, you know your uh, religious uh, things, your religious holidays and all the things you do. And, and the guy who wrote the book of Hebrews said, and by the way, it could have been a woman too, we don't really know. I'm probably going to get thrown out of church for that. 
But the book of Hebrews was written specifically for that to say, hey, Jews, this is what you've done all your life, and this is what it means. Mm-hmm. So, right. and that's, that's pointing back to Jesus. Well, and also for people who don't know what a Gentile is, if you've accepted Christ and you're non-Jewish, that is a Gentile, correct? Uh, correct. Uh, well, a Gentile is anyone who's not Jewish. That doesn't have That's accepted Christ or not? That that doesn't, have any, yeah, doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with religion. It's more of a, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it, anyway, it doesn't have anything to do with religion. A Gentile is a non-Jew. Okay. Got, that was my question. Did you want to touch on Peter or skip it? Uh, no, wait, I want to read this to you because this is, I know you and mom have been doing a lot of uh, talking about the chosen and what you just said about the chosen people. And mm-hmm. this was just read in church this morning by uh, uh, my pastor, Josh Price. And this is what it says. You ready? Let's see if I can find it. Uh, okay, here we go. It's in Colossians chapter 3. And it's actually going to come up again probably. Do not lie to one another since you lay aside old self with its practices. And put on a new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, slave, and freeman. But Christ is all in all. Uh, So that's saying that it doesn't... The the Jews were chosen for a specific reason, and that reason was from the beginning of time when you we we see Adam and Eve until the birth of Jesus, their their goal or not their goal God's goal through them was to bring the Savior, that was to bring the Messiah, and he he chose these people because they loved him, no, because he loved them. There you go, could be the one or both. <laughs> so. They were chosen to bring the Messiah into the world. So that's why they're the chosen people. They weren't chosen because they're Jews. They weren't chosen because God, lo- God loved them more than the others, anybody, anyone else. He chose them because he said, my, the, the Messiah, my son, is going to come through this people. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're chosen. Okay. Now he says, Paul says here in Colossians, he says, yes, that they, they are chosen. But you know what? We're all chosen. Right. That's we're right. All, we're all chosen all in all because of Christ. So, which leads to our next discussion. Or right, did you want to go into First Peter? It's up to you. So we touched on it's Peter. I was supposed to, to edit it out of our podcast previously because it is a little deep. And we were talking about uh, Peter. You thought you said the people of old. I can't remember everything. Well, it's uh, the, the what That's I reference where Jesus to, went. That, yeah, there's a reference that there was uh, by Peter that while um, after after Christ died on the cross, that he went and preached to uh, those from uh, Noah's time, uh, and for some reason Peter references it. But I thought I don't think it's his overall point, so I don't want to confuse. It. I just want to let you know that I did find it. And it's in First Peter three, and it's eighteen through twenty two, which I'll be happy to read. Yeah, do that because it's really, 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 really good until it gets confusing. For Christ also <laughs> died. For Christ also died. This is eighteen for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, 
in order that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Verse 19, in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Now his overall point comes down to baptism, and that, that's a foreshadowing of baptism. Uh, but when the why Peter referenced this in the in the middle of uh, about Christ going and preaching to those in of Noah's time, I don't know. I looked a lot of stuff. I've, I've looked a lot of stuff up over the years. I've never found anything that said that he went to Hades and or hell and actually preached the gospel to the lost. I've never yeah. never found anything. Not, nothing. Yeah. Now there is a whole teaching um, that we did not really get into much last week. There's a whole teaching about uh, purgatory that is from a specific, a couple of specific religions, believing mm-hmm. that um, that you can, uh, you know, once you die, you go into this purgatory where you sit and wait, and that's where the teaching about, you know, Peter uh, Peter saying this, uh, it, uh, the teaching of Christ going and proclaiming the truth to those that are lost. Uh, came from it's kind of that idea, but I don't think it holds up in scripture because there's nowhere else in scripture that that's even halfway true. It's not even close. There's no references right. to purgatory. You have to actually take scripture and twist it to make it work, and it doesn't work even right. when you do that. So, right. um, okay, to me, uh, the idea of purgatory has always been insidious. I don't want to make anyone mad who's in a religion that uh, believes in purgatory, but the the fact is is that it is not scriptural. Um, and many religions and churches have used it in the past to get money because mm-hmm. the teaching is you can go to the church and give money and get your relative, your loved one, whoever, out of purgatory and send them to heaven by oh, yeah. paying money. There's and a cartoon about that. Is there? Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. have to show me that. I will. <laughs> the whole movie is about it. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And about the fact that it's real or... I have a good friend of mine that uh, he left the, uh, the the church from when he was young because of that very reason. He said he just couldn't he couldn't think he couldn't put together the idea of paying for his dad to get out of heaven, hmm. and he couldn't understand why a God, uh, a loving God, would do something like that. So he's now a born again believer, but he lived in that hate hate filled life for years because of. Uh, because of that belief. Yeah, the movie's a Pixar movie. It's a mainstream movie. It's popular. It's called Coco. I oh, Coco, it. yeah. That's what the whole movie's about. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, you are so, correct. I know. You're always We're right. We're going to talk about our identity. I'm taking back what I just said. If I don't about. take back about Mitzi being always right, then I will <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever live it down. Yes. Uh, so so true. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, our identity, his image, and our image. So um, I sent you some stuff to kind of look over. I don't know if you had a chance to. FSHS High School. Uh, uh, FS. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Oh. Now you feel bad, don't you? <laughs> I do. So if we if we talk about let's let's kind of begin with his image. Um, mm-hmm. And talk about what happens because the first time you you really hear about his image and our image is in Genesis, but 
third chapter, mm-hmm. um, where he talks about creating man. Now, he's done all this creation uh, through, you know, the first part of Genesis where he's made the world, he's made animals, blah, blah, blah. And he gets the, to man and he's, what does he say? Let's create Let's... him in our image. Mm-hmm. And let's make, man, he says man and woman at one point, male and female, uh, like us. So how does he do that? I mean, is he, are, do we physically look like God? I hope not. So <laughs> my hair is too long right now. So Lori keeps talking about cutting it, but she ain't going to So, I mean, is it a physical thing or is it a, a spiritual thing? Um, so when I, the reason I put in my notes the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's just talk real quick about the, the, his image. Um, and even back then, John 1 tells us that uh, the Son was there and right. that he created everything and everything was created through him and for him mm-hmm. uh, and by him. So uh, we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit who we're going to, he's going to say, you're going to look like me. So what does the word, when you think about identity or image, let's, let's talk about image first. What, when you think about image, what do you think about? Because it's the first thing everybody thinks about. Yourself? Well, mirror. Well, uh, Physically. Physically, when you're ta- when you talk about an image, what are you, you're talking about looking into a mirror because that's usually the first thing that comes to mind is that right. you you've got uh, you look in a mirror, you're seeing yourself, and you're and basically that mirror is reflecting back what you look like. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't like it. Sometimes right. I got too many chins. Sometimes right. my hair's too long. Sometimes I look like a moose. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't see that, so it's not quite as funny, right? Right. <laughs> so. What, is, what does it mean when we're saying, okay, well, he says, well, we're going to create man in our image, so we're going to look like him? We're going to look like the sun? Oh, wait, there's an idea. We're going to look like the Holy Spirit. There's three parts to God. So what is he talking about? He's talking about, he's talking about spirit. Mm-hmm. He's talking about he created us. He made Adam and Eve. He put them in the garden. And when he created them, their spirit uh, was whole, was complete. Their spirit could reflect his spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So their identity was found in that reflection. They could look at God and and see him and have that reflected back to them. His glory was reflected back to them. Wow. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. So sin comes along, mm-hmm. and what does it do? Separates. Separates. So the idea of an image being broken is that mirror cracking, right? So we're kind of looking at, oh, you people can't see this. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at thinking of a mirror cracking. And so at this point, we, we you know, our spirit literally dies. Mm-hmm. We don't die physically, even though we start dying physically, because you can see that in Scripture. We do start dying physically, but it's really about the spirit. It's really about we no longer can reflect his glory. We no longer can look at him and see him because it's blocked by our sin. We have this veil that's been put over us. Man, I wish everybody could see this. It's so good. Uh, we have this veil. Yeah, it's so good. It's, it's so just, good. Make, just two hands blocking the camera. Make, making you dizzy. <laughs> uh, so we have this veil that's blocking our relationship with him. It's blocking who we are to him. So we can't, mm-hmm. we don't reflect him. We don't, we're not part of his image. We can't even see his glory. Right. And then Jesus comes along and he fixes that. Mm-hmm. So his death 
took that veil and tore it and opened it up so that we could actually relate to God, that our image, we could see his glory. We can have him live in us. We can have him become more than what, uh, what we are from a physical perspective. We can, our spirit is reborn. You hear that all the time. You have to be, you know, Jesus told uh, one of them, uh, one of the uh, Pharisees, you have to be reborn. And, of course, uh, he said, well, what are you talking about? I, I can't go back into my mother's womb. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he said, no, you have to be reborn of the spirit. So you die in the spirit because of sin, but you're reborn in the spirit because of Jesus, because of his death on the cross, because of his resurrection. I'm going to go ahead and say that this, and I know I don't think anybody will disagree with me, but the, the fact is, is that the death on the cross means nothing if there's no resurrection. Because without the resurrection, everything Jesus said was a lie. Right. That's right. <clears throat> wow, if we ever get a hold of all this. <laughs> well, let's take another step. Okay. So his image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Our image, you ready? We got three. What's three mm-hmm. parts of our image? Soul, body, spirit. So in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, it actually talks about, don't you know that your body's the temple? When God comes to reside in, inside of us, he's now replaced the temple building, which you and mom, I know, have talked a lot about, that the Jews are going to be sacrificing there at some point. Uh, what that, if you eat fatty food and drink beer and sin and your body's supposed to be a temple? Oh, my gosh. You really want to go there? Well, it came up in my mind, I guess so. Okay, okay. Let's go there then. The temple, the body, it's the soul, body, and spirit. So the body is, let's, okay, let's look at the temple. Tell me, that. can you, you remember the three parts of the temple? Inner court, outer court. <laughs> yes, go, keep going. Inner court. Uh, it's the, and then I can't remember the Holy of Holies. Holy of Holies, the inner court, and the outer court. Now, the outer court, let's just say that's the body. So when you go to the temple, the, the area around the temple, you would consider the body, which is in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go to the next phase, which is the inner court. So pretty much on the out, outer court, everybody can go. Anybody can go. You don't have to have, you don't have to be a priest. You, don't have to be, you can go there. Your intent is to go to the inner part and to, to uh, do your sacrifices. Of course, I believe mom explained that with the fire on the outside and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> you've got the outer court where anybody can go, the inner court, which is a set of priests that the, the sacrifice. Levi priest? The Levite priests. Awesome. That's right. The Levite priests. They're the, they're the inner workings of the temple. So consider that our soul. Mm-hmm. Right? You with me? Right. Body. Outer court, inner court, soul, which is where everything works and comes together. And then what's the inner part? The Holy of Holies. The only per- Go ahead. Spirit? Yes. Awesome. That's right. So the only. I said spirit. You- <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't mean beer like she said a minute ago. She actually means spirit. spirit. I don't drink beer or anything else, but I um, do eat fatty food. Yeah, right. But I think, you know, okay, so if it, if the inner court or the Holy of Holies is the spirit, it just makes me think that then 
Okay, this may not make sense. It's that, coming. It's there. <laughs> of course, you always say it's not what we do, it's what God does. Correct. So if God is in the Holy of Holies and God is in our spirit, then it isn't what we're doing, it's what he's doing, and it's cleansed because of him, not our actions. Can I yell? Is that it? Yes! Wow. I'm sorry if that was too loud. So Uh, as you say, we can't do anything to make him love us more, and we can't do anything to make him love us less. Once he's broken, he's come into the, the Holy of Holies, which is our innermost person. It's our spirit. He's... He's, he, his image, his glory has now awakened our spirit. We're now alive. So he has entered into the, the, the Holy of Holies in our bodies. So he says, I am now alive in you. You're alive because I'm alive. So yes, you're right. It's his spirit that's alive in us. It's his spirit that goes into the Holy of Holies. It's his spirit that does the work. It's his spirit that lives in us and lives through us and out of us. I think part of the, we're going to get into this a little bit, part of the mistake that we always make is that we look at the outer and say, well, this is everything, but it's nothing. It has nothing, this this has nothing to do with who God is inside of us. Yeah, we can, yeah, we sin because we're a body that lives on the outer part of the temple. And that body gets involved in things like, oh, I don't know, selling doves, uh, or you know, doing things that we really shouldn't be doing, but because doing God, what doing things we shouldn't be doing. No, selling what uh, doves. Doves. Yeah, that's what they did at the outer part of the temple. Oh, okay, okay. See, the the whole idea behind the temple was that everybody would bring their greatest uh, asset, their greatest sacrifice to the temple, and sacrifice it to God. Mm. <laughs> And in doing that, they would sacrifice what was the first portions of what they had. Well, what ended up happening, the reason Jesus came in through all those tables and ropes and is because they had turned it into a, uh, his house of prayer into a, basically a den of thieves because mm-hmm. they were sitting up, setting up a table and people just come to the temple and they pay for the dove that they did not raise. They would pay for the lamb gotcha. that they did not raise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole aspect of what God was doing with that was gone and replaced by something else, an outer court of den, a den of thieves. But gotcha. did not change the inner part because that was really about the only person that could go into the Holy of Holies was the high priest, and that's only after the cleansing of blood. This is in Hebrews, if anybody wants to read about it. It's in the book of Hebrews. Of course, he talked about it in the uh, early part of the Old Testament, too. So as you say, all of that is a foreshadowing of what we see in our bodies. In ourselves. Now, yes. through Jesus Christ. That's correct. That is, that correct. is good stuff, Robert. Wait, it gets even better. So Better? Let's talk about that. Yeah, because talking about that aspect of the outer and inner courts, mm-hmm. um, I think, and it's taught in the book of Romans and in, actually in Revelation, too. I was a little surprised to find it there. But... The physical image versus the spiritual image. There's a lot. Paul talks a lot about the spiritual image. The book of Romans, which is the very first chapter, uh, talks about the physical. Now, why why, why am I making a difference between the two? Because, well, I'll tell you what, before we do that, the reason I'm making a difference between the two, let's read in uh, Revelation. It is... And you're going to be very familiar with this. It's Revelation 13. Mm-hmm. 
verses 14 and 15. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which was given to, to perform in the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast to the beast who had the wound in the sword and has come to life. And there was given to him uh, and there was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast might even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast be killed. So what do I mean by that? Is that the physical, uh, the Antichrist is just that. He's Antichrist. He's the opposite of Christ. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to look religious and sacrificial while not being so. He's a, this, this is a physical manifestation, an image that says uh, that I am the same as God. And here's my proof of it is because of this image that I can now bring to life. But it's an image. It's a, it's a physical image. Look, listen to what Romans says about this. It's uh, verse 1, 20 through 23. Everybody should be pretty familiar with it. For the, since the creation of the world... His invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse, which is just what I just said. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. So what it's saying is what, it, uh, what comes to fruition that we read about in Revelation is it's saying that man looked at God and said, you're not enough. So we're going to make something that we can actually see and we can actually touch, something that's not spirit, something that's not love, something that's just a stone whatever, statue, and we're going to worship that statue. So Mm -hmm. men who think themselves to be smart are not because they're fools for turning their back on God and turning to an image. Now, we want to take that into today's world. Pick one. Is it your work? Is that your graven image? Is it your church? Is it uh, your house, your children? It doesn't matter. Pick one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If those things are put ahead of God, then they are a graven image, and they they, they are uh, basically an abomination. So we look at that's the physical aspect of what the world looks at and replaces the spiritual with the physical. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yep. Idols, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're, they're idols, and they become idols. There's nothing wrong with any of that. They, they, they become idols when we replace uh, when we replace God Himself with that idol. Yeah, and people uh, can take that out of context, just like they do. The root of money is, you know, it's not money. It's when your fixation is on money. That's right. When it's this, go ahead. Become, becomes when you put it before God, and you, you know. It's an idol. You don't want anything to happen to it. You want to protect it. You want to, and it doesn't matter what God says, you're going to take care of that before you do right. anything else. Yep. And it becomes what you worship. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you know, worship's uh, about a whole lot of things. It's a lot. It's about a lot of things having to do with uh, everything we do in life, whether it's work or whether it's eating breakfast 
or Putin? I mean, that's about worship too. You know, our body works. Oh no, she rolled her eyes on me again. Now I'm gonna cut it out. I don't blame you. I would too. Uh, but have it has God ever told you like, all right, Robert, you you get into into this a little too much, some kind of thing, for instance, like social nah. media or oh oh um, fishing or no. Nah. Oh, because you're perfect. I no, I'm not perfect. It's uh, no, I, <laughs> um, no. I, I mean, no, uh, yeah. Actually, he did. Yeah, come to think of it, now that you said that, he did. Okay. Would you like to hear the story? Because it's a long one. It'll take about an hour. Well, let's just shorten it. Just kidding. Cliff, yeah. Cliff note version. So you're going to love this. Uh, so years ago, um, I can't tell you how many. We were very deeply involved with a, a church that was a startup. Uh, and at the time, uh, we were part of the ministry team, so we were actually pastors in the church. Not mm-hmm. official, but we were we were doing a lot of different things, <clears throat> including we were uh, the children's pastor. I was the uh, uh, executive pastor is what they called me. Well, no. Yes, you cannot speak to me now. I am an executive <laughs> All executive pastors out there that are listening, I'm sorry if I offended you. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, we were doing that. We were doing the children's ministry. We were doing upward basketball. We were doing, at the time, it was a Southern Baptist church. So it was. we did a program called Awana, which we were involved with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we taught and sang and preached and all kinds of stuff. So we were involved in a lot of stuff. And yeah. it was really interesting because God kept making those things successful. Everything we did, Lori and I did, was we, we were successful at it. Mm-hmm. And it was something that God just kept throwing stuff in front of us. We say yes. And the more we said yes, the, the, the more successful we became. Well, at some point in my mind, it became about the success and the religion. Mm-hmm. It, wa- it wasn't just so much of, it, at the time I looked at it and said, you know, this is all about you now, not about God's so away. It really wasn't about that. It was more, it was, it was about me. I turned it into something that said, I'm obviously I'm very successful. I'm a great guy, you know, yeah, and handsome, <laughs> debonair, <laughs> those kind funny, of things. <laughs> funny, yeah, funny, funny, funny. Uh, so a lot of great things happened then, but at some point, I just had, uh, I just heard God say, "Sit down, shut up, and wait." Um, and I got in, I, I got involved with a study that I did on my own. It wasn't sort of a part of a study group mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that he he walked me through for a year and a half. It took a year and a half to get through it because mm-hmm. at some points I would get so mad at it. I just throw it down and walk away and I wouldn't come back to it for a couple of weeks. <clears throat> so to answer your question, yes, he said to me, this is now about you and you're not, it's not about me anymore. So right. I want you to sit down and shut up. I think it is easy to get, do that. I mean, you have to remain humble, you know, and well, at some point, and I can't tell you when it was, at some point I went from letting him live through me to me saying, don't worry, I got it. Yeah, because everything was just, everything you were touching was just. It was successful. You know, we but it had, was because of him it was successful. Yeah, and I think the realization came to me one day because we were standing in a, we were in a meeting. Standing, mm-hmm. We were in a meeting with the rest of the staff, and they were all having issues. And I was just sitting there. Lori wasn't in this meeting, but uh, I was just sitting there listening. And the more they talked, the more issues they had, and they just kept talking through them. 
And we had just, we were in the midst of, I think, Upward and Awana. We were doing three or four things at the same time. And we, I mean, the, the things, the stuff that happened with Upward, we saw 100, 150 kids come to Christ. And a bunch of their parents. Um, so it was such a, it was just a big thing. And, the, and as they were talking, they all turned to me and said, everything you're doing is great. You don't need that. We don't, you don't hear from you. You're, everything for you is working. And I, and, and it was just after that that God said, you know what? It is, but you, you're now claiming credit for it. Well, Robert, that was a great story. I know that was hard to tell. No, not really hard to tell. Right. But that happens. What I wanted to say is that happens to all of us yeah. at some point, I think. Yeah, and it's when it, when it first uh, when it first happened, and I went through that year and a half of basically just sitting down and shutting up, which you know is difficult for me. Uh, then, uh, then when it first happened, I, it was very difficult to talk about because yeah. what came out of it is my understanding of why our dad was like he was, and that uh, that was probably the crux of the whole thing, where uh, you know I I. I my, I'm good grief. I was 50 when this happened, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, but it was, uh, it was such a thing that at 50 something years old, however old I was, uh, I realized that dad didn't leave us because it, and because he didn't love us. It had nothing to do with us. Um, and that we weren't unlovable because God in heaven, the father, the son and the Holy spirit loved us completely. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing there that Dad did because he just really never had a chance to grow up. He was who yeah. he was. He was he was a child at age whatever. Doesn't matter what age he was. He never mm-hmm. got. A, he never had a chance to grow up, and so it affected all of us. But yeah, it took a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So thank you for sharing. Sure. Let's move on to the. <laughs> We talked about the physical image, and I just was talking about that in Romans and in Revelation. And yeah. that's, again, the physical manifest- manifestation says the outer body. So let's talk about the spiritual image. When we started this t- discussion, we were talking about when God said, I'm going to make man in my image, or mm-hmm. I'm going to make man in our image, us, talking about the three. Then we talked about him doing that spiritually. That was actually had to do with Adam and Eve, able to see his glory, about being able to reflect his glory, being able to see God himself. And we couldn't because sin made, you know, made us fall. It, we, uh, we, we, as human beings, sin was passed down from Adam, uh, all the way down to, uh, to Jesus. And there's a lot, there's several scriptures where Paul especially says that Jesus was the first man born alive. Now, why does he say that? Because he's, he's without sin. No, well, his spirit's alive. Because he's, he's the first. Him is God. He, he's the he's the first one born without a sin nature. He's the first one born without uh, with his spirit actually being alive, not dead. He could interact with the Father because he was alive, mm-hmm. not and not dead, not born dead like the rest of us. Uh, right. So yeah, would you? I, I didn't ask you to. I should have asked you to do this. Hebrews yeah. one, uh, Hebrews chapter one. Yeah, you want to entertain for a minute? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I've got to be me. I've got to be me. Oh, if Lord. I can do the song, I'd sing out the rest. But I've got to be me. Can I ask you to? Can I turn the channel? Wow. Oh, sure. Go ahead. That was Kermit singing. 
if you uh, if you want to hear from Kermit, you go right ahead and turn the channel. It's Kermit Frog here, and I'm here for Missy looks at Spooky. And oh no, it's the bear chasing me. Stop it, dog. <laughs> what what's the verse? Um, chapter one, verses one through three. Okay. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. You don't want me to read four? Mm-hmm. You can if you want to. So well. he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Uh, the reason the writer of Hebrews actually said that last part was because there was a, uh, a whole sect of the Hebrew, the Jewish people who uh, held angels in esteem to a point of making them like gods. So he's saying to them, Jesus was better than the angels because a lot of them believe that the angels were the epitome. But is it, is that not awesome? Listen to the, what the words, the words that were said were radiance Mm -hmm. and his glory. Just the thing that we were just talking about that we could no longer do, but it says in that Hebrews verses, it says, because of what he did. Right. And he is that representation and he is that radiance. Because of what he did. Now, the Holy Spirit can come live in us. We can now see his glory. We can mm-hmm. now radiate and, and mirror his image. We can now be his, be his image in this, in this life and for those around us. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I'm going to read 2 Corinthians. Okay. Three seventeen through 18. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, man, this is good, into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Lord in the Spirit. That is good. Is that not good? It is good. And what does that say? That says, because of who he is and what he did, we now are being transformed into that. Wow. Because That's of what awesome. he did. Not because what we did, because of what he did. Right. Yeah. Um, so um, let's see if we want to read these other Colossians. I already read Colossians 3.10, but I want to read it again. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Talking about us, that we are now being renewed to the true knowledge according to the image of who he is. Mm-hmm. Not who we are, but who he is. Our spirit comes alive. We glorify We can now glorify him. We can now have his glory. Because the word, uh, when we say, hear the word glory, we think of, um, you know, brightness. Well, that actually is a, almost literally what it means in Hebrew, is that it means radiance of light. So in the darkness, you can see that in light there is no darkness. So when you have complete dark, if you even see the pinprick of light, then you there is no longer any darkness. Um, so the next one is uh, 
Second Corinthians. No, I'm sorry, Colossians. Mm-hmm. Colossians chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. That seems wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know why the king and the queen are saying these things. In <clears throat> <laughs> whom we, in who, okay, let me do, I'm going to back up to 13. For he delivered us from the domain of darkness. Wow, did I just say that? Yeah, I didn't know I was even going to read that. That's so good, God. <laughs> from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Man, it's good. <laughs> In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or rulers, or authorities, all the things have been created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and him all things hold together. Mm. Is that not good? Mm-hmm, it is good. So what does it have to do with what we're talking about? It's talking about again. He is the radiance. He is the, he is the creator he is the one who said, you can't fix this yourself because you're living in a body of sin. You have a nature that's that was born to sin. Now, separate two words for me. The word sin as a noun, yeah, mm-hmm. and the word sinning as a verb. Mm-hmm. Now, go back to our physical, spiritual, soul form that we were talking about earlier as the temple, Right? Mm-hmm. So as a noun, sin is a, is a nature. It's a mm-hmm. nature that we're born with. Christ comes in and changes that nature. But we can still verb. We can still sin, sinning. Mm-hmm. But our nature is no longer a nature of sin. Whoa, yeah. Good. You got it? I saw the light come on just then. No, you I didn't. mean, for me, yeah, because I've moved, you know, I see the light over here. <laughs> <laughs> And those two words are literally in Scripture. You can, if you look, <laughs> she put a light bulb above her head. <laughs> she had an idea. Uh, but if you look in look in Scripture and you look in the original language, you're actually looking at, and, and they get mixed up so often because mm-hmm. when people hear the word sin, they immediately think of things they've done badly that missed the mark for God, and that's not always what it's talking about. A lot of the times, it's talking about the nature of who we are. Once that nature changes, then it changes our relationship to God, and we can now we can now mirror His image. We now see Him for who He is. We will now know Him the way He knows us. Mm. And that's all I got to say. I got to go back and listen to this again. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> you don't know what you said, do you? I don't know what I said. <laughs> I don't know what I said. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, if all this is sounds amazing to you, which it probably should sound amazing to you. Um, and you want to know who uh, Jesus Christ is and you want to, you know, investigate what Robert's talking about more and more and learn about this. Uh, we just want to give you opportunity to accept Christ. And um, I always say there's no magic words. It's really a heart issue, not a verbal issue. Um, so if you want to, we are going to say some words, but like I said, you can just, you really just need to believe in your heart. Say a prayer with me. Um, 
First of all, Lord, just thank you so much for Bubba's Robert's teaching. It is always so deep, and I have to think about it more and more and listen to it more than once just to get it. And even then, it takes time for us to fully understand in our spirit and mind what he's talking about and what you do for us. And Lord, I just want to come to you in prayer for those who haven't ever accepted you into their heart and let them just say a prayer, Lord, and reach out to you. And if you want to do that, just say, Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me on the cross. I believe that Jesus rose on the third day and sits at the right hand of the Father, Lord, like the word says. I I beg you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins. Help me change. Help me understand your word. Help me get in contact with teachers who teach your word, Lord. And help me learn how to hear from the Holy Spirit and hear your still small voice. And I just praise you and thank you for coming into my heart and forgiving me of my sins and making me a new person in your image. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Robert. Just real quick, uh, we covered a lot of stuff today. Mm -hmm. And uh, if there's questions, please, please, please send them in. Oh, there'll be questions. There's there's a there's a lot of material, uh, and so I know it can lead to a lot of questions. Just don't uh, don't stew on them necessarily. Just send them in. Let's talk about it. So, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Missy. Bye. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Are you interested in listening to more episodes? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, and Spotify. Do you have a question you'd like us to chat about? Email us at swduthink at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. See you next time.